0: Is this thing on?
1: Are you ready, Matt?
0: You're listening to Box Office Vinjuice with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work.
1: Mind
0: do it. You can accomplish anything. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Box Office Bingers episode 206. Ernesto, tell our loveliness lovely listeners what we are reviewing this week. Well,
1: we are reviewing the Teachers Lounge, a German film. It is the Oscar nominee for Best International Film. Uh, starring Leonie Banesh, written and directed by ilker Shatak um, yeah this is a this is gonna be a very interesting this is gonna be an interesting one I am very curious on what your thoughts are on this one on this one
0: I feel like every week we always say that it's like oh this is gonna be an interesting conversation that's because it is because <laughs> every week it <laughs> Because every weekend is an interesting conversation. I love, I love it. it. <laughs> because we don't know what we're gonna say. And therefore it's interesting what the other person's gonna say in this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is us getting ahead, um, offering a little bit of variety when it comes to what we review. Um, and this one just hit theaters, another one off the um international film category, uh, from the Oscars. I believe this is as of right now the last one that's available to us, unless that changes. Mm. in the coming weeks yeah so um i'm hoping uh, there's one called perfect days which is uh, presumably apple has and will eventually release hopefully before the oscars that would be nice um
1: <laughs> so be nice, it? It just it's so it's i'm gonna i'm not gonna say it. you already know how i feel just...
0: yeah i know i know but i agree with you it's like if you want like especially if you want people to 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 watch and like a more or less care about the Oscars make it available whether we have to go to the theater or not just make it available in time uh for uh before the ceremony or before the awards are starting but sometimes we don't get that luxury and that happens from time to time so we do our best when we can um but yeah uh this one we were lucky enough that it came to theaters and I'm looking forward to having this conversation later in the episode as it was sir uh, but before we dive into our spoiler review of the Teacher's Lounge, as well as what we've been watching, uh, and even before we dive into the entertainment news, Ernesto, we got to talk about one of the biggest televised nights of the year. We're not talking about the Oscars. No, no that's not even close. No, <laughs> not even close. Uh, the Super Bowl, sir. Let's. Did you watch the Super Bowl?
1: Yes, I did. Cause you know, oh, you, you know that I am such an avid football watcher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is, I mean, I figured as much you would watch. I mean, you watch football year-round, so why wouldn't you not watch the Super Bowl? Yeah,
1: uh, I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't catch my sarcasm, I don't i don't really watch it that much, but uh, my family does, and they wanted to come over. So they came over, we watched, we got the game ready. What was nice, nice. is that, you know, unlike the Oscars not having everything available, the Super Bowl... <laughs> Has really stepped their shit up this year and had it available mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus and on Hulu Plus Live TV and I think um, YouTube Plus Live TV. Um, there was a little we had a I, we did it strictly on Paramount not because and then you could also watch it on a set on a antenna like you know old right. school normal TV. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. It only we only had issues with the stream right at the beginning of the game, a mm. small portion of halftime. And then a very portion, like literally at the last, like five or six seconds of the game, the stream cut out right before we did right before they went into overtime. We're like, seriously. But other than that, (laughs) but other than those few little points, considering how many people were probably just just streaming it on Paramount, it it did pretty well. I would say the stream held up pretty well. Um, I actually really enjoyed the, the halftime show. I mean, I thought it was really very entertaining. Um, I've kind of heard uh, like half and half. I talked to Esteban and he said he didn't really care for it. But
0: oh, I thought it, I,
1: was, I thought it was fine. I mean, I was we were I jamming out in the living room.
0: <laughs> that's so weird that that Esteban said that he did not enjoy the halftime show with Usher. I feel like that would have been his jam. Yeah, like him all over. Yeah, I agree. Um, I so I also watched it on Paramount and it's and it's less about the Super Bowl. Hope, like in the NFL, we're kind of making that happen, it's more about CBS. So, the, the Super Bowl bounces around pretty much between three networks. It's never really on ESPN, um, it's either always on Fox, uh, NBC, or CBS. Mm. And so, this year it landed on CBS. I remember last year it landed in Fox, so I was not, it wasn't as easy to access the Super Bowl last year, even though I had plans that night. So, I'd, I barely, I was barely watching it. Um, but regardless, I knew I was going to have trouble accessing it. So this year it was on CBS and CBS. I'll give them an enormous amount of credit for how well I felt all of this was integrating streaming to it's, you know, this it's live television, you know, counterpart as an option because I I watch it through Paramount Plus, And that's one of the reasons why I like Paramount Plus as well as Peacock, because it has super easy access to live television on their streaming service. It's like, it's not complicated to do that. I do not know why Disney plus is not integrated with ABC at this point. Maybe in the future it will be or the Disney channel. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a little bit confusing why they haven't integrated that. And maybe it's because Hulu has Hulu plus live TV and Mm -hmm. they probably don't want to compete with that. So I get it. Um, But at the same time, if I have a streaming service that also gives me access to all of your live programming, that's a viable option. Like that's that's a good reason to have Paramount Plus if you like CBS, mm. and the same for NBC with Peacock. Um, and I tuned into the game early. Like I think the game started at six thirty. I logged on at five thirty. I wanted to make sure that I was mm. in early on the servers <laughs> so I would have the least amount of lag as, as possible and. I would say, like to your point, toward the beginning, around the middle, and toward the end, it lagged a little bit, but for the most part, it never hindered my experience watching the game. Yeah. So
1: wasn't perfect, but you know, even regular TV has its moments where it cuts out. I mean, nothing. Will ever absolutely. Be perfect. So I think, I mean, overall, it was an, I, I think it was an enjoyable experience, and yeah. the Super Bowl is. I mean, it's going to be even more relevant now, with with it being so available so readily available on Paramount Plus or however they decide Absolutely. or however they decide to do it moving forward
0: you know yeah i think well moving forward i guess it it depends on who's broadcasting it next year so if it is nbc for example then peacock. the game will be streaming live on peacock right and hopefully by if whenever fox gets it back hopefully there's another accessible way for people to watch it who don't have streaming um, we'll see if that happens That's but interesting. as
1: far like what because what, what what is Fox gonna do what is, they don't really have a streaming service that
0: no well, no. well Fox all of Fox's stuff is on Hulu yeah. which is owned by Disney but Disney legally cannot own two networks of that caliber mm. I guess because they already have ABC I think it's too much of a a monopoly yeah. if they own ABC and Fox and I because I think also Fox has their own news as well and you can't own both of that so like when disney bought fox and 20th century fox i I think it excluded the television networks because you can't have two networks so fox is kind of sitting in their own limbo but if you have hulu plus live tv then you can have the fox channel
1: how is fox even going to compete how are they even going to compete moving forward if the nfl wants to be as profitable as it can be like I mean, the obvious answer is to go to a network that can offer that streaming option, so they can right. so they can get. I mean, I mean, I'm sure. I'd, I'd be curious to see what the what the numbers
0: were for stream and, for
1: for um, what the breakdown is for for last night's broadcast. Right.
0: Oh, I don't. I'm sure those numbers might may or may not be out, but I would also assume. That, like, if Fox really wanted to hook up with a streaming service, there are options. Right now, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery with Max is an option because they're already doing it with NBA now and their stuff. Uh, They are. Well, we just actually we just talked about that new streaming service. Yeah, um, that's coming out specifically for sports. So who knows if that has the capabilities of hosting the Super Bowl, maybe not hosting, but able to stream the Super Bowl come in the future. Um, and then uh, you have maybe Apple or Prime want to take a bite at the Apple of uh, being the streaming home of the Super Bowl um, when it's on Fox. So a lot of options there that they could dive into on that. Um, but uh, regardless, I enjoyed myself. Also, I wasn't rooting for any particular team, so I was just here for a good game, and I got that. But more importantly, in the in the case of this podcast right here, Uh, we had something more (laughs) exciting, in my opinion, to talk about. Uh, And that is the three new trailers that uh, came about within the Super Bowl. We got some new trailers for Fall Guy, that's going to be out in the summer, and Kung Fu Panda, that's out in March, and uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is also going to be out in May. Um, Surprisingly, I did not see Ghostbusters as a trailer. Maybe they didn't need it, but I thought I would have at least seen that since the movie's coming up. Fairly soon, but we got three brand new trailers. First looks at three movies: Deadpool, or well, what? What was presumed as Deadpool three is now called Deadpool and Wolverine. We saw the first trailer for Wicked, and we saw the first trailer for Twisters, the sequel to Twister. Uh, so we'll first talk about, and maybe the only one we're really talking about is Deadpool three.
1: I watched it just for you, sir.
0: Thank you very much. I really <laughs> do appreciate it. I know you don't. I know you don't watch trailers. But what'd you think?
1: Uh, I thought it was great. I th- I love the like, I love the inclusion of the TVA. I thought that was, mm-hmm. I mean, what a nice nod. Uh, you know, the seeing all the Marvel characters. I mean, Deadpool even mentioning that he is. The Marvel, what is he? Marvel's Jesus? Marvel Jesus? Marvel yeah. Jesus yeah. But which is like really Jesus. funny, given that we're coming off of this low slump, yes. and now he is claiming to be the thing that's going to re-kick the next phase. Also, a little nod. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to see exactly what cover it is, but when Deadpool gets thrown to the ground when he's laying down, there's a comic book cover in the right hand corner that says Secret Wars. I didn't get to see what issue number it was, but I thought that was also interesting, giving where we're intended to be heading on later on, later on in the face.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that is like, I don't know where in the filming process where Deadpool is and the Marvel Jesus joke was, but like if it was intentionally meta or coincidental either way, it works Yeah. because as of right now of the state of the MCU, Deadpool is kind of, the marvel jesus to maybe save the slump that the mcu has been in for the last few years mm. and when i saw the tva in there i don't know why it wasn't just as obvious um as like a storyline that they could have built off but what a fantastic way and i didn't like my first question about like how was deadpool 3 going to be integrated with the mcu because this is going to be a sequel as well as the first introduction into this to the MCU. And this is, I feel like, at least based off the trailer anyway, this is the reason why, you know, it's worth getting invested into Marvel. And I've said this before, it has its ups and downs. And sometimes, you know, we're talking about Quantumania and the Marvels, we're just like, man, what's going on here? And then you see Guardians and Loki season two, and now. what it feels like from the trailer of Deadpool and Wolverine, you're like, I, this, this is why, this is why we continue watching all the stuff because when it's done right and it does a a fan service, it really, really looks like it's going to be something special. That we're about to witness here and i don't
1: know if that was considered to be a late edition but i do really like also really like the inclusion of the tva only because that for people who haven't seen it somebody who let's say they know someone who's seen it they go oh who's the who are those people who are after him the tva they're like oh well, if you want to know about the tva then you should watch loki season two and all that does is highlight the best parts of what like what little greatness there is about that about that phase like the best thing that came out of that phase was Loki season 2 and that's a great way to at least call back to that to somebody who goes oh well at least before I watch Deadpool 3 I know I need to kind of like if I really want to understand like maybe let me look up let me watch Loki season 1 and 2 right? so I can know who the TVA is
0: right and and that's I mean that's that's what Marvel wants right they want you to kind of like put the pieces together and it's basically doing the same thing Based on the trailer, anyway, the Deadpool storyline is the same what happened to Loki. Loki time traveled, messing with time, and the TVA stopped him. At the end of Deadpool 2, he was already time traveling. He was already messing with time. So what a fantastic way to like, oh, look how easy this is to retcon this into the story when – they weren't even messing with time travel. This movie was back in 2018, 2019, Deadpool 2. Um, I think it was 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, the MCU were not even experimenting with time travel. The multiverse was—none of this was even connected. And the the big brains over at Marvel was like, well, we can. We can make it connected with these multiverse and the TVA that we already established. And to me, it's genius because then, like— for, for you it clicks in your heads. like he was already time traveling and messing stuff up in deadpool at the end of deadpool 2 and then the tva who doesn't go off the bounds of time and space can be like hey man you're kind of screwing up with the timeline we're gonna take you and then the story kind of goes from there for me you've already justified the link between the deadpool franchise and the mcu whatever you do from there i'm in the bag for yeah. because now it feels like that Deadpool is just going to go on a whole bunch of shenanigans. And a lot of people are already putting pieces of the trailer together. Some people think that a scene that was quickly shown was a scene from uh, Avengers age of Ultron. We also from the, from the previous set photos, we see the destruction of the 20th century uh, Fox. Fox. Uh, I'm, I'm happy and I'm happy. They did not give us a look of Wolverine. I'm, I'm glad that they're saving it at least for, closer to the release. They're they're probably gonna put out another trailer and they're probably gonna showcase Hugh Jackman in the suit. But at least this right now in February. We didn't need it and and I'm glad they're at least saved it for a little bit longer.
1: Matt, this is the only trailer I will watch for this movie. Like I'm not watching anything else. I'm gonna do my best to avoid, you know, set photos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because I was already in the bag, but now I'm seeing now, so it's obvious that you know he met when he did go back in time that he messed stuff up and probably the destruction of the 20th century thing is like maybe like the destruction of his universe, like maybe his, yeah. his universe coming apart and maybe Wolverines coming to get him for it because he's attacking mm. him at that at that initial point. Right, so, right. I mean, either way, I'm in the back. I don't wanna, I don't want to over speculate because I don't want to be like well I figured out the movie from watching the trailer I, I, right, I have enough right. I have more than enough information for me to watch
0: I think the trailer which I've like I always don't mind watching the first trailer because I like to get the vibe of what the movie is after that when it comes to trailer two or three it's like Then you're putting all these scenes together and it gets too much. It starts ruining the experience for you. But I always like to watch the first one to get the vibe, at least get like to get me a little bit excited for it. And this one did that a hundred percent. So this got me more hyped. I know we're not supposed to do this, But I said this a couple episodes ago when we were talking about looking ahead in 2024. There's always going to be one movie that you're really excited about, and this is it for me. Are you
1: hyping it? See, that's the other thing. You watch the trailer. How many times have you watched the trailer, Matt? Only once. Only once.
0: This time? I've (laughs) I've seen people speculate on the trailer, for sure. Um, There's a certain... I'm not going to reveal it here. You can go look it up online. But there's a certain cameo that a lot of people with a keen eye is like, I think this is this from the other movies and is like, oh, oh I see. I see what you're talking about. Well, um, well, you I'll, can't
1: say that shit. I want to know now.
0: <laughs> you want me to tell you? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, it looks like the actor from X-Men uh, 2 and 3 who played Pyro. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw yeah. That one. He, okay, he, was, he was in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, he It looks like he's making an appearance either uh, as a as a main role or not, but he was featured in the trailer. Uh, and he looks a lot older than he did back in the day. Yeah, I, I
1: mean, and I actually liked him from from the original yeah. X-Men movies. So, you know, I, sure. Okay, good. Okay, I don't feel as bad. That's something I already know. All right, good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much it. And so, like, I'm in the bag. I'm excited. Like, I want to be surprised with this movie. I want to have fun with it. There's a part of me that wants to see Loki in there a little bit, but also at the same time, Loki's living in his own world. Mm. Maybe, maybe just have fun with Deadpool with this movie, like because basically the whole idea is like he's gonna like he's kind of like playing in the MCU, but he doesn't necessarily need to re uh, like to interact with anybody just yet. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, um, even the
1: second one and first one are known to have certain celebrity cameos. So,
0: well, right. who's to
1: say we want to get at least get one or two um, that we don't know about until the movie comes out. Cause even Deadpool two had some that we didn't know about until the film came. Out. Right. So maybe they're, keep- um, they're going to be even better. Hopefully they're going to be better about keeping this one under wraps.
0: Yes. And, and, and Ryan Reynolds did put out a disclaimer that we talked about on this show of like, Hey, please don't put out any set photos. Uh, please don't spoil the movie yeah. for like, please stop posting set photos and stuff from the movie that we haven't released yet. Yeah. Um, so, and, and so like, that's, that's something that I feel like a lot of news outlets respected that because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen much since that post. Um, and I think more people should start doing it. It's not going to happen. Maybe it might happen for this movie and maybe not be kind to others, but, um, but yeah, I, I am in the bag for what Deadpool Wolverine has to offer. Uh, and I'm so excited for July 26 when this movie comes out not saying. Uh, and the fact and the fact that this is the only Marvel movie that's coming out, it gives it more of a reason to get excited for Because I'm like, oh, I got to sit through all these before I get to that. No, this is the one.
1: Yep. And this uh, is going to be that... the – and they will probably – and what I love is I think what I'm hopeful for is that it will be its own self-contained story. Maybe mm-hmm. have like one or two like – setups maybe even one good setup for the future phases and then maybe a post-credit scene give us two post-credit scenes one for the movie and then what one for setup for the mcu and then one as like a funny post-credit for deadpool for deadpool and wolverine
0: yeah and i'm just looking just for a fun movie in general as well like i dead like marvel needs a fun movie agreed uh (laughs) um, the other two trailers that came out probably the next biggest trailer to be dropped uh was wicked and it, it does its job. It, it gives you the vibe of what this movie is going to be. Um, you, saw, you hear uh, Cynthia Rivero um, belting out uh, the iconic... I think it's, uh, I think it's Irvio. Arri- Oh, Sorry. Ir- Arri- Arrivo. Arri- Arrivo. There Arrivo. There you go. Um, belting out Defying Gravity in the trailer makes a lot of sense. Mm. It gets a, your very fantastical... Uh, like fantasy, deep fantasy story. And this is a part one, mind you. So there's a whole part two that's going to be released either in 2025, I believe in 2025 is part two. Um, and we just, just found out last week's episode that Moana 2 will be releasing on the same day. And if I was Disney and Moana 2, I would move that. Day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you.
0: <laughs> yeah i was also hearing rumors that they might be pushing back uh that live action movie as well it, again these, those were rumors but i was like yeah i would push back the live action moana movie too i mean uh, they should just
1: suspend it for at least yeah. for another five or six years let us really enjoy I, moana 2 maybe even give us a moana 3 and close out the trilogy before you sure. remake the original like, just, yes. especially if your main character is not going to be Moana, because if you're worried about her age, like, at, at this, even at now, at this point, she's, she doesn't want to do it because she's,
0: you know, she's too old. Yeah, which was weird was I saw articles because we, we had talked about last week that it's like, it's expected for the original cast to return. And then I saw articles after this is like, oh, Dwayne Johnson is, is in talks to return as the character It's like, what do you mean in talks? He should already be. Like you don't otherwise don't know. why if are you rushing? Disney, it I would <laughs> Right, it, yeah, exactly. If I was Disney, I would not be announcing a movie of a sequel and not bring back The Rock. Yeah. At the very least, like I don't know again, this this is all speculative, but if it's true and they haven't locked down at least Dwayne Johnson, w- why are you announcing this movie? What are you doing, guys? <laughs> what are we exactly? And like he's he's featured in the in the promo art for this movie. So like I would assume that he's coming back because if you bring, I was like, "Oh, well, Dwayne Johnson wasn't available. We got somebody else." You've already diminished what this movie could be <laughs> from from the get go. I'm not saying that Dwayne Johnson is like like a a, a gigantic A-list actor. I mean, he kind of is well, in he, his own right. Yeah, but he like, is. He, yes, he yeah, is. He definitely but is. But like, if you don't bring him back for the sequel and it's a feature film, like, what are you doing here? That, that doesn't make any sense to me. True. Um, and the last big trailer to drop uh, was um, was Twisters. And uh, again, it, it's that interesting. It Glenn Glenn Powell, you know, from a uh, Top Gun Maverick fame. Um, and then Anthony Ramos, I believe, from uh, Transformers and uh, Hamilton mm. was also I think I saw his face in the trailer. Interesting that they are bringing this. Back.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was, I kind of like, I saw the TV spot. I didn't watch the full trailer, but I, I yeah. thought the TV spot was really good.
0: It looks good. Maybe there's something there that we don't know. I mean, I said the same thing about Top Gun and look how well that turned out. So who knows? Um, but yeah, overall, I, I had a really good Super Bowl experience. Not a lot of trailers. I'm sorry. Not a lot of uh, commercials that I thought they were going to be like a lot of like memorable ones. The one that I found more most hilarious was the um, Dunkin' Donuts one with uh, Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see that I, one? I think
1: I, I – think I, um, I actually – I missed that one. Uh, but I mm. did – but just hold on real quick. I did look it up. That was Anthony Ramos in the trailer. Also, okay. who else is listed in this movie is uh, Superman himself, David Cornsweet.
0: Oh, okay. So if you want to see what he's up to before Superman, go watch Twisters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the trailers
1: just aren't what they used to be. They definitely, mm. they, they're, they're not. I just, I don't know. Like the only thing I looked forward to was trailers, but now they don't spend the money on the full trailers for Super Bowl. No. They just give you a tease that tells you to go online because t- the trailer
0: drop. Right, and they make more money off of the YouTube hits than they do than they would on the Super Bowl because they're spending money on that Super Bowl. Yeah, they yeah. they want to make the money back that they spent on the Super Bowl for you to go watch it online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, overall, like again, even with the halftime show, I was I was a little bit skeptical with Usher, uh, but uh, what? yeah, was I was not
1: skeptical. I knew it was going to be. I, at least <laughs> I I mean maybe because I hyped it up myself, but I I I went into it pretty positive. One quick thing that I thought was. Super great on Paramount Plus's part is that when it was a when they they would give you commercials for Paramount Plus, they would be like a little icon yes. that popped up that said, "Oh, do you want to watch this? You can add this to your watch list when it drops." I was like, "Ooh, that is smart." Because somebody go, "Oh, That's I watched smart. that trailer. I do want to watch that. Add to list when it comes out." Perfect. I thought that was, I thought that was a great way to integrate the app features with the live broadcasts.
0: Uh, Also, I didn't. I forgot about this. I think this was actually airing on Nickelodeon. I could be wrong, or it could have been something different, like a different. (sighs) Yes, uh, yes,
1: I did hear that. Yes.
0: Yeah, or it was something like maybe a different thing that you can log into, or another thing you can stream live from Nickelodeon through Paramount Plus. Either one of the two. I'm assuming. I think it was both, but uh, they had the game live broadcast I guess either on nickelodeon or on paramount plus on a different area of, of the app um that spongebob and patrick were commentating on the game uh live so you like you can you can watch the game with your you can watch the game with your kids live with spongebob and patrick narrating as uh, announcing as well as actual humans who will probably know a little bit thing more <laughs> know a little bit more about the game than patrick and spongebob um <laughs> but they had like all these graphics that were overlaying the field. So it looked a little bit more colorful when they scored a touchdown. They had like slime, like like digitally going on to the field and everything. It was quite interesting. I saw a couple of clips of of it and it was just like the announcers would say like a football term and they were like, Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, this is Patrick and Spubs. Like, oh, yeah, no, you got to foot the ball. Definitely foot the ball. Uh, you got to always, always put the ball. <laughs> <And> then...
1: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting.
0: That's so cool. And so I, I thought of, like, I thought I was like, oh, if I had kids or if you wanted to watch the game and have your kids be involved with it as well, I thought this was a fun way to have them included into one of the biggest sporting televised events of the year. Um, I don't know what to do for, for the halftime show, but. Like oh you, you kind of bringing in a little bit of this now, I know that Disney actually did this for another game. They had a um, like a toy story is like you can watch the game live in andy's in andy's bedroom, and the toys were like as soon as a play would happen a AI or something along the lines would like digitally recreate the scene in real time, but with toys doing it instead of the players the players right that's um, that's,
1: that's pretty cool that's so I, I wish i had known that beforehand that would have been cool to at least check out but we were also like you know that stream was was kind of like you know there was, we had already we yeah. had that issue in the beginning of the game we didn't really want to test it or anything else i told the kids like you i don't even want you don't play anything on that requires any internet okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it makes sense it makes sense um but I, I think i think cbs and paramount i think and then, like making sure the servers were all good because I know that was going to be big. They would have got a ton of shit if a lot of people were talking about how they couldn't watch the Super Bowl and Paramount Plus. Yeah. So they made sure those servers were nice and neat yeah. uh, for everyone to get in there. So I give them, I give them a good, a good, uh, good praise there. I think they did a really good job holding up on their own and making sure that everybody was going to be able to watch the game. Not the, uh, even, even the kids can enjoy the game as well. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so moving on to the actual entertainment news we have for you guys this week, um, the board of governors of the Academy of motion picture arts and sciences announced a pleasant surprise by creating a new cat, a competitive Oscar category for best achievement in casting. It will begin in 2026 at the 98th annual uh, ceremony for films released in 2025. The new, uh, this is the first new category created by the Academy since two thousand and one for best animated feature film. That is crazy to think about. Yeah. That is crazy to think about that we've been that the last new category was uh in two thousand and one. That we've been kind of coasting on the same categories for this long. Yeah. Um they're still slacking.
1: Like we still need to see stunts. I think stunt work yes. we, we need to see we need to see a category for stunt work.
0: So the the article that I read, the headline was the Oscars added a new category. So I had to click into it to see what it was. And I, I originally thought it was going to be stunts. I was like, oh, they finally did it. And it's like, no, it's casting. Um, the casting directors branch was formed in July 2013 and has nearly 160 members. Academy CEO Bill Kramer and Academy president Janet Yang said casting directors play an essential role in filmmaking. And as the Academy director's uh, I'm sorry. And as the Academy evolves, we are proud to add casting to the disciplines that we recognize and celebrate category rules are el- category rules for eligibility and voting for the inaugural award will be announced in April, 2025 with the complete 98th Academy award rules. So just a reminder, we are about to enter the 96th Academy awards in March. That's the award ceremony. So it's not going to be, The one that's airing next year is going to be the one airing in 2026. Um, So I, I applaud the Academy for adding a new category. It's not stunts, but hey, casting is also very important.
1: It's a step in the right direction.
0: Yes, absolutely. And also when you think about it, it's like, I want to know what type of films would be more... Like, does this... For example, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, if this category was available... Back in two thousand eight, when Iron Man became huge, like what is Iron Man qualify as a movie that the Academy would consider as a good casting choice because yes. of what it was yeah. you know what I mean yeah.
1: because I think when it's like such iconic casting when it's like like undeniably you found the picture perfect person for that role
0: right and so i I am curious to see you know it 's going to be a while before we see this in flourishion, but I am curious to see what constitutes what type of movies are going to be in there is it is it going to be your usual well it's going to be one probably one of the 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 10 best picture nominations
1: or best that actor. are going to be or is or is or it, it going to follow actor. best actor or best supporting actor uh, right. i mean okay and then that's I'm not, not even that's not even including all the technical awards that they don't televise but this is an award that they're going to televise as part of the
0: event right Right. I, mean, I think I think they've got a lot of they got a lot of uh, a lot of shit for not televising awards. I think they stopped doing. That. OK, I think all, all the awards are, again, going to be televised mm. um, as they should be. And I think the last big change when it came to the nominations is that there was a difference between sound design and sound editing, I believe, or one of the two. And then I think a few years ago, they just mixed it together with just best sound. Yeah, They just combined. So there was they just combined it. Right. Um, And so now that leaves room. I I really do think that stunts needs to be next on that list for sure. I mean, you have a lot of these actors, these stunt actors, coordinators who are risking their lives for the, for the love of making movies. And there is some crazy stuff out there that you're like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Um, And that should a hundred percent be recognized uh, because there are so many movies that rely on stunt actors um the, they could no longer be ignored but i guess there's also an art form to casting that i feel like some people might not even think about it's like when you cast that perfect role like right now if that award was up i'm pretty sure whoever casted Margot robbie as barbie would probably up there maybe like i wonder if it's like the casting director for for i guess as a movie as a whole so i guess you're you're being credited as either for like it's, I guess it would be hard to tell whether you it's, you're being credited for a single actor or more of an ensemble, or both. So, or is it both? Or both, or it could be both exactly, um, and you're just being recognized for just like putting together a really good cast. So, we'll see how that works. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited for for the for a new category to add to our conversation in the future. Absolutely.
1: So, moving on, the winners of the 76th annual Directors Guild of america awards have been announced outstanding directorial achievement in theatrical feature film went to christopher nolan for oppenheimer outstanding directorial achievement in first time theatrical feature film went to celine song for past lives outstanding directorial achievement in dramatic series went to peter Hoare for directing season one of season one episode three uh long long time the last of us beating out succession um, outstanding directorial achievement in comedy series went to Christopher Storr for directing season two, episode six, Fishes Out of the Bear. An outstanding directorial achievement in documentary went to Mr. Love Chernov in 20 Days in Mariupol. I talked about that. That's the documentary I talked about uh, last week. Um, this is this is great to hear. It's a, I'm always loving when you know directors get get love for their work.
0: Yeah um and I think this uh especially for 20 days in uh um Maripole, um that just gives another leg up of maybe even taking the documentary uh race in the Oscars that that, not, that does not that does not necessarily mean it's going to win but if the director won for his work and it was recognized for that then that kind of it's like a little bit of a, uh, like a, like a good, like a little check mark for the movie, like a little note that we're going to have for our predictions that like another organization has recognized this actor, I'm sorry, this director for directing um, a documentary. So well, it's pretty that's intense. In, that, that documentary is really intense. So you said, and also you said it has a lot, it has everything to do with the war on in, in Ukraine right now yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Which. most documentaries that are relevant today is most likely the ones that are nominated um, in some way, shape, or form to the Academy. Um, No surprise for Christopher Nolan to get uh, the director nom there. I think he is the favorite to win the Oscars, so this is kind of solidifying his race there. Celine Song for past lives for first-time directors, well-deserved. That episode, of Last of Us, long, long time, that's the one with uh, Nick Offerman in it that kind of like that standalone episode yes yes. uh that was a beautiful episode and i think i'm actually quite surprised because all the other nominations in that category was different episodes of succession so it was like you have five five options four were succession one was the last of us and it beat out uh succession and uh, that was pretty much a dominating race for them uh and but that was an outstanding episode and then for the bear, uh, fishes was the one where the family reunion for uh, for Christmas time.
1: Yeah, I would argue either that one or forks. Forks. Both yep. were fantastic episodes of the bear.
0: Absolutely. Um, but yeah, all of this, all these well warranted. Uh, nothing here that doesn't deserve a win for best directing. Uh, and again, we talked about Celine Song in her next project, so I'm looking forward to see what she has to offer in her next movie as well. And again, Christopher Nolan so far has been dominating in every award show so far by winning uh, best director when he's been nominated for it. So yeah,
1: I think before we do our prediction, I, th- I think maybe like maybe my top two or three best picture I'm gonna have to rewatch just to get
0: yeah just to <laughs> just to
1: see just to like reconfigure. Cause it's been so long since I've seen Oppenheimer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for those who are listening, uh, Oppenheimer will now, for those who haven't seen Oppenheimer, uh, after all this time, it's hitting Peacock February 16th. So right in time for the Oscars, which is smart for Peacock to do that. Good job, See, Peacock. That's what we're talking about yeah, right now. Get your shit together, anyway. guys. <laughs> um, uh but yeah so it's if you haven't seen oppenheimer it's gonna be on peacock uh february 16th um but yeah i uh if you want to hear our thoughts of oppenheimer you can go listen back to that episode we had brian on the show for that as well but oppenheimer is definitely a front runner it has the most nominations and uh yeah this is just another notch on its belt so far of this award season um moving away from the awards talk let's (laughs) Hmm.
1: very interesting Hmm. this is
0: Yes, it is. So I, before I started, it's, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, a little bit of an update for coyote versus Acme. Uh, none of this is confirmed. This is all insider conversation, but a lot of sources, a lot of articles were reporting on it. So it's almost safe that this is actually what's happening, but at the same time, take everything what I say with a grain of salt, because nothing is confirmed as of yet. But with that, we still going to have fun talking about it. Um, it appears that Coyote vs. Acme may never see the light of day as Warner Brothers Discovery is reportedly set to shelve the film after failing to find a buyer. Which I feel like there's like a quotation of failing to find a buyer. Yeah. Um, because according to the rap who broke this story, um, Warner Brothers rejected offers from Amazon, Netflix, and Paramount. Uh, Paramount reportedly also proposed a theatrical release for the film, which Warner Brothers allegedly rejected. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly wanted 75 to $80 million for the project and would not allow the studios to counteroffer, which is very interesting. And I also Why? read – very, very weird. And I also looked further into it that these – again, these were numbers that I read, and I don't know if this is true or not. But the other um, – uh, Amazon, Netflix, and Paramount were offering around 40 to $50 million for the movie. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers was strict on it being anywhere between 75 to 80. Uh, so I don't know. I don't understand why they would not take that. And I would go on even further to reasons why I don't understand that. Um, more interestingly, The rap also claimed the, the four Warner Brothers executives who made the decision, including CEO and president Dave Zaslav um, have yet to see the film's final cut while others have claimed to have seen a director's cut. Wow. So, obviously, if these reports are true, this is clearly has nothing to do with the movie itself. This is everything for a yeah, dollar amount.
1: just seems super political. Like, maybe they're lowballing y- yes. them because they know they're in financial straits and they're just trying to get rid of it. But then, yes. at this point, if you're not going to take any offers and just release it, then just get what you can. Like, you either release it or shelve it. Like,
0: oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's a lot of awkward back and forth with it. Uh, the report indicates that management lacks the will to keep going and just wants to put this situation behind them. The movie, which reportedly cost around $70 million to make, will net Warner Brothers between 30 to $40 million in tax breaks if they write it down as a complete loss, basically shelving the film. So... Right now, as part of their tax break, they're going to be given around 30 to $40 million if they don't release it, which was what we had reported last time. And that's basically what they did with Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Hunt, where movies that were completed that they decided to shelf to take a tax break. So my confusion now comes to if Netflix, Amazon, and Paramount are reportedly giving you what you would probably make back. So they're willing to give you the $40 million that you would obtain from your tax break. Why not just give it to them? Why are you being stingy and holding them to a non-negotiable 75 to $80 million, basically making more, basically making what you put into it, uh, essentially? Yeah,
1: if you're not willing to take that, because then if the movie does well, then they look bad. Like, well... Then maybe we should have just released it. Then yeah, maybe you should just release it. If you're not going to take their offer, then just release the damn movie. Drop it on backs and just call it good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I feel like this is this. All of this feels all politics whatsoever. It has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Um, It's a shame that a lot of hardworking people took time and effort. Granted, they got paid for it, and they're not like losing money or anything. but like, but the, the creative part about you, what your job is—you put a lot of time and effort into this, and you can never see your work come to fruition. Or say that I worked on this movie, to for them to get future jobs, to say to give them a future credit to get more jobs in the future.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's horseshit. Like they, like just fuck everybody who's worked on this movie. Like who cares? Doesn't matter what how how good of a job they did. Like. You could easily just drop it on max and call it a day, but yeah. But I, I mean, it's the same thing could be said for everything else they shelved. It's not worth. Yeah, their work is not worth it. They would rather no. It is more worth it to them to take the tax break.
0: Yes, uh, I, or it, what's even crazier is like it's more worth it for them to take the tax break than it is for another studio to give them guaranteed money. Yes, like they're giving you the same thing, and you're saying no is like yeah, I'm, no I actually just want what I what we spent. But then, it. if it does, no, but I then don't... if it
1: does well over there, then,
0: then, then they don't, then they look bad. Right, it's not worth right. the risk. It's also crazy that this movie was co-written by James Gunn, and so they're also being like they also don't care about that either. I thought that maybe that credit would uh, constitute, you know, like all right, maybe we should release it because we just he's now our CEO of DC Studios, but I guess that doesn't matter either. It's
1: like, stay over there, comic book boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it's just sad to see, especially, you know, for, for all, the, all the people who are involved in this movie is now just part of a political stance. And most likely no studio is going to be backing 75 to 80 million dollars on this, um, nor should they, to be honest. Um, and you know, Warner Brothers is just going to you know, be, be greedy about it. And this is just another move. That I don't know. I don't like this uh, this Aslov. Um, he's making interesting decisions that I'm not a big fan of. Same um, as uh, as far as what you're doing. So we'll see. So far, the best decision I think he's ever made was put James Gunn into the DCU. Agreed. And so, and that that's the only one I can stand by. A lot of the other decisions, I don't yeah. know. It's very very questionable there. Um, but. Uh, unfortunately i was i was looking forward to seeing this with all with all the headlines but right now nothing is official i mean a a miracle could happen a studio can come and be like all right i'll pay it and then we're talking about a happy ending but the cards doesn't look uh favorable for coyote versus acme we'll we'll give an official update uh when we when we get it all i say whether this all i gotta say
1: matthew is that i love your optimism i do i
0: do love your optimism (laughs) You're a good guy. We, we will talk about it either. <laughs> You're a good guy. Uh, we'll talk about it either way. Uh, let's we'll see what happens with this. But this is a, an unfortunate update, to say the least. Well,
1: I let's move on to some more exciting news. Yes. like A new Predator standalone movie titled Badlands is in the works at 20th Century Studios with Prey and 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg set to direct. Prey screenwriter Patrick Asen... Uh, will reunite with Trachtenberg to co-write the script. While plot details are currently being kept under wraps, the film will take place in the future. With production beginning sometime this year, sources say while it was, while it is still in early development, a Prey two is still in the works. With the film star Amber Mid potentially returning. Now that is really interesting because I'm all f- I'm all for this news. So the fact that mm-hmm. this Badlands. I, at first hearing it, I thought you would think, "Oh, oh Badlands is just going to be the name of Prey right. two or whatever universe." But it seems like he's going he's doing a lot more world building. So yes. I'm curious what his knowledge is into the Predator series in general. I don't remember. I mean, it's, we did that episode a long, long time ago, so I wouldn't. I'd have to mm-hmm. like go back and redo research but uh right i'm curious that if he's maybe getting knowledge from the comic books or if he how much lore he has attached to it but i'm i'm loving the way he's expanding the universe prey was a was a great film it was a great absolutely it was a great like it was just a great thriller that just happened to be in the predator universe so i'm hoping the same thing for badlands 2 and for potentially prey 2
0: I am actually surprised that Prey 2 is not higher on the priority list to be to be honest with you. Um but maybe mm. this idea came first or I'm not sure what's going on with that but um but I mean either way both are in in the works so that's amazing just to hear that. Um and they were getting more than we anticipated. We thought was like oh it's just a Prey 2 is like no we're working on more. So expanding this lore? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I saw somebody said that, like, the Predator works so well as, like, this threat um, in different time periods. I would love to see Predator just be like, just say the Predator in this time period, and I'm all for it. Like, Predator in a Western. Predator in, like, let's do it. it, You know what I mean? Like, just keep going with it. Predator in whatever. And uh, I think it works so well. Um, And I think he was able to tap into this market that breathes new life to this predator predator franchise which i feel like it was already going stale to begin with.
1: Mm, so, agreed, agreed. Um and what if Badlands is just background knowledge and more setup for Prey 2? Like what if it's just part of whatever world he's continuing to build? Um whatever the case may be, um I'm, I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um keep doing what you doing Tractenberg. We'll keep We watching. see you. I see you, you. Trachtenberg. see what you're doing over there uh we're all about it uh just don't work for warner brothers I'm (laughs) i'm kidding i'm sorry 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 still off for the other one um Anyway, that's all the news we have for you guys this week. As always, you can find the latest and breaking news on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and our Facebook and threads page at box office bingers. We'll post all the latest and breaking news over there first, and then we'll come back on the show and we'll talk about it. So with that, we're going to be diving into a fun thing we would like to call What You Watch. And so Ernesto, with our, we'll start with you. What have you been watching? I would say this line so fast. It's like off of memory at this point. <laughs> uh, I will say I actually don't have much this week.
1: So... Hmm. Again, I've been on this Oscar train, so I've been trying to, once again, I wanted to, I knocked out the documentary short, um, because on the 9th it became available, it is Nai Nai and Waipoi, it's a documentary short following these two grandmothers who are living together in their 80s and 90s, it's actually directed by their grandson, Um, it's just kind of like, uh, it's kind of, it's written as like a love letter to Mm. almost to like each other and just kind of like the human spirit and just human connection in general um i thought it was really well done it was really cute there's parts where they're just kind of like enjoying the simplicities of life they're outside dancing literally they were laying on the couch watching super bad but it it, it is such an (laughs) innocuous moment but it's just like a a testament to like how you know they're not taking life seriously they're not dwelling right. on on their age they're kind of just enjoying the years that they have left on this earth and and enjoying it through each other's company it was a, it was a really cute documentary short i, I actually really enjoyed it especially it, especially a, a, a more lighthearted documentary
0: right i'm sure the the selection it it's always a give and take when it comes to these oscar noms it's always like you got the heavy stuff, but every now and then you're like, oh, thank God, something's a little bit lighter nowadays.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than other than that, I have one other that I started. I, okay. I watched the Donald Glover Mr. and Mrs. Oh. Smith with okay. Maya Eskren. I have to say I was very skeptical at first, but, man, it is a really enjoyable, binge-worthy TV show. Like, just mm. really the setup in each episode it's like you're going through their going through their marriage like the beginning stages of their marriage and in each mission is almost related to like what they're dealing with in their relationship so each episode has its own little mini connection between the mission that they're doing and something in their relationship and i think it's like kind of just talking about the little intricacies of marriage and getting to know each other and just relationships in general um, wrapped in a spirit in like a this spy show i'm i'm it's really well done very i didn't anticipate it to be as good as i as i thought it was
0: uh, did did you have you have you finished it or you just i'm about it?
1: i'm about halfway through i think i'm either three halfway. or four
0: episodes in but i'll okay. be done with okay. it before
1: next week's episode
0: <laughs> yeah which um it's funny because when i saw this i, I was i was with you. It was like mr and mrs smith i don't know but it has donald glover in it so maybe um <laughs> And it sounds like he has another hit on his hands because I saw overly positive reviews, um, over this show. And I was like, Oh, maybe he's got, maybe he's got something here. Uh, so it's a show that I, it was, it was on the list. that I was going to check it
1: is worth your time. Let me just tell you that. Okay. All right. Uh, But other than that, that's That's, it. That's all I got. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're still, we're still watching upload, but I'm not really, I have nothing to report until we kind of finish the season.
0: (laughs) Nothing to report. Nothing to report. Um, (laughs) <laughs> uh it's funny because yeah, i, I kind of i didn't give you a graphic for it but like i've started monarch mm. and so like i'm about halfway through it so like again i, I was trying to save it for next week Ooh. but like it just for for those who those uh a little tease i'll most likely finish it by next week's episode how so many episodes is it i 10 how long are the episodes uh the first one is about like 55 the rest have been sitting around Whew. 40 to 45 well yeah maybe
1: because i know david is really into it
0: yeah okay. i know with the new movie coming out i i wanted to check it out sooner rather than later um and so far it's it's fine so far like like i, I don't hate it i Does got to watch the next episode doesn't sound
1: like you love it either though
0: <laughs> It's it's like I'm kinda of going to the motion. That's why I was like, oh let me wait on it, let me finish it and then have a more a better overview of it once it's all completed. Um but yeah, it's kinda of one of those things where like nothing to report yet yet. <laughs> uh but I will I will by next week. Uh but I did watch three movies in the meantime. And that's all you've been watching, correct? correct. Okay. Um I watched uh this film called <laughs> oh. uh the, the Equalizer three it just recently hit Netflix. Um, again, as I mentioned, I was I'm trying to like be at the bare minimum that I'm like I'm really caught up with the movies. I'm so close mm. of like just being like caught up with myself of what's available. Or what you want to watch? Uh, of what I want to watch. And so like I'm just like right there. We're like we're under twenties right now. And I was like, that, that's a number I like to be in right now. Where at one point, those numbers were like in, I think the highest I ever saw was like 130. That is
1: crazy, Matthew. <laughs> so,
0: yes. And now I have, over the course of many years, have reduced it to like just continuously binging movie after movie after movie making sure that i see the ones i want to see and it's it's odd because there's like this huge weight off my shoulders now i feel like now i have so much room to watch some like so much room for activities <laughs> so much room for activity like now i can now i can be like ernesto and watch tv all the time like television shows instead of movies see, and amazing. that's funny
1: you say that because i feel like i'm scaling back on my tv shows because i find myself <laughs> like when i when i now once i like once i finish mr and mrs smith really because upload I'm watching with my wife so
0: yeah
1: once I finish that I'm gonna be in like a show hole where I'm like like in between TV shows and like there's certain ones that people have recommended but you know you gotta be in the mood there's just they, yeah one, absolutely the, when you finish one that next one has to strike you a certain way because then otherwise it's just like mm-hmm. like scrolling and then you can't then you can't decide because there's the problem there's just so many options there's too many options that that is the main problem that we all have for you know for navigating all of this content so i find myself in a show hole with in a hole with tv shows as opposed to movies so i find myself just linking all right this i'm gonna go one show at a time like i have my one i watched wife and then i'm gonna try to have a show by myself otherwise i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit more movies now so it sounds like maybe you're almost at the point to do the reverse
0: yeah. So like, I feel like for me, it's like, I can knock out movies like that, yeah. man. I can just like, boom, 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 boom. I, I, there's no commitment. It's like two, two hours or less. Perfect. When it, when it comes to like two and over, it's like, all right, I got to spend a little more commitment. But other than that, let's just do yeah. this. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and it's like, and like, I get to ingest all these different stories and this and that. And it's like, I love it. Whereas a TV show is like, oh, I got to commit how long? I don't know. I can watch like three movies in that time. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's like that's <laughs> well, like two Irishmen. I mean, that's like friggin' <laughs> that back. Um, and so, like, so even so, even with that, I, um, I was like, sometimes when I'm watching like too many movies, I'm like, all right, I gotta. That's when I feel like I gotta sit down and watch a TV show. I was like, all right, let's break up a little bit because. I want to, I want something to kind of invest in a little bit. And then like, I spend like three days watching a TV show. I was like, all right, now let's get back into the movies. Let's keep going. But I'm I'm at the point where I'm just like watching what's next, what's coming out next in the movies. Mm. And so I like, so that means like in the in-between, I can invest into more television or maybe even play a video game. The ones I'd never play. Mm. Um, But eventually I'll get to all that. But like, then you get to the point where it's like, all right, now I'm, I'm in the mood for a TV show. What am I going to watch? There's like 20 years of TV that I haven't seen. Where are we going to start? Do I start with Succession because Ernesto's telling me that I got to get yes. there, but that's four seasons? Or I can watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is only eight episodes, and I could be on top of it if I like it for season two. You do both. So. <laughs> both. Just watch it all. Watch it all Just clone man. yourself. Clone yourself watch it and then merge your brains together by the end of the day so you can ingest more so, content. Matt,
1: the obvious answer is to quit your job and to sit oh, down and dedicate 12 hours a day to watching content
0: <laughs> done and done alright there you go that's it um, but speaking of within all that I uh, Nef- uh, Netflix gave us the pleasure of having uh, Equalizer 3 available and let me tell you what Ernesto this movie's boring as shit Really, I
1: liked the first two I, 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 I was waiting to hit this one
0: so it started off pretty well. And then the rest of it is just like old man Denzel. <laughs> he's hurt. Oh, <sighs> and then now he's walking around Italy and then bad things happen, but I'm going to watch from afar. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God damn. It's just like, I remember liking the first movie and I remember thought the second one was like, eh, Okay. And I even looked at the Rotten Tomatoes for it. I was like, the first movie was like sitting in the 60s, the second was sitting in the 50s. But then like the third was sitting in like in the high seventies. I was like, oh, so this must be better. And then the audience score was higher for this one too. And then I'm watching this movie, I was like, what the fuck did everyone else see? Because this one <laughs> like there was there was no action in it. And it was just him kind of just walking around in a story that I did not care mm-hmm. about. I was like, and, and also at the at probably at the end of the day, it's like I didn't even I was never a fan of this franchise, but it's something I felt like I just watched out of curiosity. And none of these movies really just set me to, like, a man, that was great. That was a great movie. None of them, like, I walked out of that. And then it says, like, witness the final chapter. Didn't feel like one. Just felt like another, <laughs> yeah. another ride in his journey. Like, I watched a recap of the first two, and one has nothing to do with two, and two has nothing to do with three. They're just three standalone movies. These are three chapters in a book. Like, <laughs> just happens to be the same character. <laughs> just happens to be the same character. That's the only through line with it. And Dakota Fanning was in it, and she was fine. Like she played a very minor-ish role in the movie. You
1: know, that's funny because they played up a lot about them reuniting on screen since Man on Fire. And Man on Fire mm-hmm. is a fantastic film. Like, like
0: great movie. Denzel
1: is like. And he is that's to me that's that's one of my favorite performances is him in that him in that movie. Yeah. So it was yeah. just so interesting that they really they were riding on those coattails, like, hey, you remember this other movie they were in together? <laughs> we're gonna recreate that magic on Equalizer 3.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us your money now, yeah. right? <laughs> um, no, there was no magic down there. Um, but like Denzel's Denzel. Like there were moments in this movie I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like the, like he's acting he's acting right he's not denzel he's he's the equalizer <laughs> at this moment <laughs> like i was like damn it's like i am actually especially, scared <laughs> like especially in the beginning i was like there was it's so weird how like boom it hits you right in the beginning of this movie and i was like yeah all right now i see what people are talking about and then i was like oh what the fuck people do talking about? Right he ain't doing anything he's kind of just like walking around <laughs> he's kind of just
1: <laughs> walking around.
0: <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it just didn't do it for me. Mm. Um, moving on from there, a movie that, uh, at one point we were gonna review, we thought about it, we talked about it, uh, but it was, uh, you know, not on the cards and then more movies came out. I was like, well, all right, next time. Um, but, uh, self-reliance, uh, a directorial debut for Jake Johnson, um, who was in new girl and as well as the voice of Peter B. Parker in the spider verse movies. um, and this was actually a fun story to kind of dive into really uh i was actually pretty impressed with this with the story here and it it's a sto- and it's also like very quick the movie's like an hour 25 mm. uh it's really a quick watch and it moves fairly quickly um and it's such an interesting idea to explore basically loneliness and basically the whole point of this movie is that he, he kind of lives alone. Uh, he just got through a, a, a difficult long-term breakup. After, well, he had a breakup after this long relationship. And um, so he's kind of living on his own at this point, or maybe it, uh, eventually I think I found out he's living with his mother. Um, but regardless, like some random person, actually not random, the actual Andy Sandberg, like he was playing himself in the movie, shows up in a limo and tells him, hey, you want to make some money? And so he says, yeah, of course, takes him to this warehouse and basically Jigs Johnson, who also stars in the movie, is given the option is like, hey, you're going to be hunted for murder for this dark web reality show for 30 days. And we have these cameras all over the place. We've been hunting you down we've been scoping you down for for months. So you're not going to see these cameras and you're not going to see these like these ninjas kind of walking around, but they're going to be there like production assistants. But they're going to be there. You're not, you're not going to see them um, and you're going to be hunted for this dark web show. And if you can survive 30 days, you win a million dollars. And he was like, great. And he said, the only time that they, the only way that you're safe is that if you're with somebody like within arm's length Mm. and that's where the story goes off. So the next 30 days, he's like being paranoid basically about being alone uh, and always need to be in close proximity with somebody. It was an interesting way to explore Loneliness in this very creative plot uh, that was very entertaining, um, and it weighs funny. You
1: got, you got, you got, you have my attention. And I, it's pretty, it's a Hulu film, so is it? Did you mm-hmm. see it in the theaters? Or did you see it on Hulu?
0: No, it's all on Hulu. It, it premiered on Hulu. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, uh, I'm gonna be checking this one out.
0: Yeah, I it, like again. It's a quick watch. It's funny, and it, it's it's a nice message about you know connecting with people mm. in a way. It's a little bit ridiculous but you know you, you get you get the through line and you're here for the through yeah. line and there are the, road, the stuff is a little bit ridiculous But, you know, you, kind of but you can enjoy
1: stuff like that because look at poor things it has such a such right. an extreme facade but yet underneath tells such a really deep story. So Absolutely. do you feel the same with this one like that kind of sent that sentiment at least.
0: Well, I, you, that sentiment, yes. Okay. I, I believe Poor Things was definitely diving into much more deeper messages. Yeah. For well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just but mean
1: like this, this, like, like this over the top facade, but underneath does tell a story, a, a deep, uh, a human story that we can relate to.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. That, that's Absolutely. what I
1: meant when I said that.
0: Yes. Okay. That's pretty much what it is. Okay. Um, and I, and it, for, for Jake Johnson's directorial debut, if, great he also got you can tell which is also great when it comes to actors who become directors at least decide to direct their uh, like their first movie you see a lot of other actors coming in to support there are so many different cameos in this movie obviously you see Anna Kendrick and Andy Sandberg. there's a whole bunch of other ones that come in to just like, and like, like probably the friends he's made along the way to kind of support him in this movie so you can feel that in a way it's like a whole bunch of friends just coming together to make a movie and it, it turned out pretty okay, well okay cool I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was cool um and the last movie that i saw whew, sounds Origin sounds like a good oof uh, it, it was it's a good oof i saw this in the theater it's it's a long movie too it was it was like two maybe maybe the whole experience was two and a half hours mm. because that's what it said on the thing but i think maybe it's like maybe two twenty, two fifteen or so um but it's uh origin a movie written directed by Ava DuVernay and uh it was uh, snubbed for the Oscars. A lot of people said that this film was snubbed. Mm. Um, it hasn't. It wasn't really around for the award season at all. Um, and I am. It was a movie that I did not know. I heard like great things about it. And as I said lately, I've been doing double features when I go to the theater. Try to plan it when it's a day off and uh, kind of make myself worthwhile of going yeah. to kind of just hitting two films. Um, and I, I had options. And then this one was there and was like, if this movie looks deep and I don't know if I want to watch deep. And then I also don't know what I'm going to get into for teacher's lounge. I try to <laughs> break it up a little bit. Like I try to like, if it's going to be a drama, I try to pick something that's not going to be, I'm not going to like a double hitter. Mm. Um, but I heard a lot of good things about this. and I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, wow. Mm. I, one word to describe this movie is Powerful holy shit i was like i it's 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 like i wouldn't really call this a slow burn because like you are engaged throughout the entire movie i feel though anyway some people were saying it's slow and i can see where they're coming from but when the subject matter is so rich like to me i I think that kept me engaged and therefore i didn't consider it as a slow burn Mm. um but it's it's this idea, it's it's a hard movie to explain, but it's based off of a book called Cast, and there's some other words that go after it. I apologize for not knowing the title of the movie. But it's basically suggesting the origin of basically cast, and that basically describing of like, there is no racism. Mm. But, okay, In the sense of like, people are not Racist. This is actually stemming from a societal issue that's been happening all over the world. That in America we classify that as racist, but as a global thing, we—it's actually something else that has nothing to do with race. Is and is it like class? It's—it's it's more of like a certain. Hmm. Are you trying to say it without giving it away? A little bit of both, okay. Yes, because the movie part of the movie is based. So basically, uh, Angelou Ellis Taylor, who played Will Smith's wife in um, King Richard, I believe she she was nominated for an Oscar for her performance (sighs) Mm. um, there as well. And um, uh, did I say King Richard? I think I I meant to say King Richard. If I didn't say Mm. that, Um, and uh, she plays the author of the book in real life. So, like this, this, this movie's based off the book. So, this is an adaptation of the book. But the movie is about the author writing the book. Mm. If that makes sense. And like how she was able to come together to this conclusion of orchestrating what this book is and what it means. And through very, very well written script. And like a, I think it's like a, a really even though I haven't read that adaptation, I felt like this was a true representation of what this adaptation represents and what this movie was trying to represent from the book. And it was like trying to get the audience to understand what the meanings of this book is. Mm -hmm. And I think it did a, a really good job of like, kind of just switching your mindset of what kind of what society has been trained to, for an example, like, what we find as being racist, mm-hmm. and then they're explaining that like maybe if you shift your way of thinking, it's maybe it's actually this instead of this, and here are the reasons why. I think it's this instead of this. Well, I'm sold. And it sounds it, like
1: my type of movie.
0: <laughs> it's it is like I'm I'm literally like watching this movie, and like your eyes are just kind of like wide eyed. You're like, wow, what? what am i watching right now it's it is now after watch the movie quite shocking that this was not in the awards conversation in any way shape or form mm. uh like definitely for adapted screenplay at the very least like it should have been there
1: well damn it matt now i'm gonna have to go watch this movie
0: <laughs> i know and what's crazy is that like i there was only two showings and with um, with the uh, like uh, Bob Marley One love and Madam Webb coming out for Valentine's Day uh, at the time of this recording, we're recording it uh, on February 12th. And uh, there weren't that many, there was only two showings for it, and then even less as I looked ahead because they're bringing in new movies. So I believe this was on a limited release, and it's from Neon, who has a deal with Hulu. So eventually mm. it will come on Hulu, I assume, anyway. Uh, so those can probably wait until then hopefully it'll be there sooner rather than later um but i even made that decision too. It was like oh i can probably wait for it on hulu but you know i had the time and i decided to go watch it and i'm so glad that i did watch it in the theater because it it allowed me to just focus mm. on the movie's message yeah. rather than like being distracted with everything else at home um a powerful powerful film i whenever you do watch ernesto i will gladly have this conversation with you because at the very least it Changes the way we think, period. Wow. And about just think about just like how we interact with people, how we perceive people, um, and just like as a society in general. I think it's a very important film to watch, whether it's nominated for Oscars or not. Um, and I, I mean, granted, a lot of Ava DuVernay has not worked on a lot of films. I believe she. This was only her third direct, like her direct. This is only the third film she's directed. She's worked a lot in television and created shows um, because she did Selma. She did A Wrinkle in Time, and then I believe this was her next movie. But in the process of that, she did The Way They See Us or The Way They See Us. That movie. When They See Us. When They They See Us. Thank you. Um, And uh, like, imagine what you thought about for When They See Us, but then elevate it to a much more global sense.
1: Wow.
0: Like that feeling that you had, it was like, wow, that is that was like powerful imagery, and like, like I get it, I get what you're what you're trying to say here. And then, but then think of it like it's not just about race. Now we were going to Germany, we're talking about the Nazis. We're going to India, we're talking about their class, like and how they did their stuff, and how what's something similar to races, but it's not because they're doing it to their own kind. It's it's quite. And like, it, it's hard to explain, but once you see the movie, it becomes all, it becomes clear. Oh,
1: I'm I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like the last um, film she directed before this, she did a couple of TV shows, Queen Sugar, One Perfect Shot, DMZ, mm-hmm. It in Black and White, When They See Us. And then the other film was A Wrinkle in Time, which right. did not do well.
0: It did not do well at all.
1: This is definitely not that.
0: (laughs) No, and I think after A Wrinkle in Time, Ava DuVernay, especially working on When They See Us and even starting with Selma, she's like, all right, I tried the Hollywood route. didn't work for me. I'm going to stick to making – working on projects that probably actually mean something. Yeah. Um, Like they have a lot of weight to it.
1: You you sold me so I'm, yeah. I'm this is something that will definitely be on the watch list whether I see uh, it in theaters or whether I wait till it drops on Hulu I'll definitely be watching this at some point.
0: Yeah, and and even a few interesting things that I saw in the theater uh, there was a QR code that was in the credits that were like uh, it kind of I said like share your experience donate a movie ticket uh, to someone who needs one and basically you can scan the QR code and it will send you to a link. And basically for $16, you're paying for somebody else's movie ticket But I guess if they want to see it, they can go to this website and they'll go to the movie ticket so they can go watch it. So that's kind of cool. And Mm -hmm. the movie, which is probably why it was a little bit longer of a runtime, I saw on the app anyway, was that there was about a &A, 10-minute Q&A, pre-recorded Q&A that was at the end of the movie kind of talking about some of the things that happened in the film. That was from Ava DuVernay, which you can, for those who are watching on YouTube – can uh can see the images there that i took from the theater um so like i thought that was interesting that there was like she's like she wanted to talk about a few things that was like commonly asked to about like to her about the film when they finished watching it so i was like oh this is a nice little uh added bonus to it almost like a bonus feature that came with the movie when you're done watching it and she described this movie as like if she said in the QA is that if if there was anything that you would walk out of this movie, she said you wanted to walk out of this, feel like you've experienced something. And I that definitely happened. I, I experienced something for sure. Wow. Yeah.
1: Damn. Wow. It, this is one we were talking about reviewing too.
0: Uh we were. It just like it just it just hit theaters maybe less than two weeks ago and like two showings. So, like it, it wasn't accessible and yeah. also it just wasn't in the oscar conversation um and it's a shame i again at the very very least i would have loved to have seen it for best adapted screenplay um yeah. at, at just at, at the bare minimum like now looking at this movie is like where how does may december fit into this i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this doesn't compare it's a completely different movie <laughs> um so anyway, there you go. We, we don't win them all, but hey, this movie exists and you can watch it. That's basically what we're saying. Mm. Uh, just because it wasn't nominated doesn't mean you can't watch it. Uh, it it's a great movie. Uh, but anyway, that's all we've been watching. So now, sticking with the films that were actually nominated, we're we'll going to be diving into our spoiler review of The Teacher's Lounge. It's a German film. Uh, I guess part of our foreign film of the month. This is our second one for the month now. Pretty much just Covering the Oscar noms, of course. Um, but, yeah, Ernesto, your thoughts on the movie? So,
1: um, I thought this film had a really interesting premise. Also, Matt, I'm going to need your help. So, just okay. do the scheduling. I missed the first maybe five, ten minutes of the movie. Now, gathering from what I think I missed, I think I missed the initial thing that was stolen, which... Were, which was between the male teacher and that female teacher. He he had something stolen out of the teachers'
0: lounge. So you would think no, you actually didn't miss much because that was just speculative conversation. So the
1: so because I walked in when she was in, she was in the um, like the gym and the kids were playing basketball, and then she walked outside to catch the kids who were, like, they were smoking or playing with a lighter or doing with whatever. That's the part that I walked in on.
0: Okay, so at at the very least, you did miss that she was, like, in the... I think the movie starts, like, her being in the teacher's lounge, Mm. and they were talking about how um, stealing was a big issue at the school. Things are being stolen. And I think the big thing that you might have missed out of all of that was that they were basically asking children to snitch on their peers because they believe that some of the kids are involved are stealing involved in this in the stealing of of things
1: so that was that was the conversation that they were talking about during the teachers meet during the during the parent teacher um i guess parents night out or um open house or whatever they were talking about mentioned that the conversation on the app about um, yes that's what and that was initiated by her
0: the so there was like this this council that was from other uh there was this council from other teachers that were kind of all collectively trying to uh, like trying to narrow down who's stealing mm. and and then it came down to like well let's ask the kids and then they I believe I'm not sure why they picked those two. Maybe they were more the responsible ones, but they were like, if you want to, can you look at these names and see if anyone looks like looks like they would have stolen this thing is like, but only if you want to. So it made it seem like, like in the teacher's conference with the parents, she said, we didn't force these kids to do anything. It's like, well, you also didn't seem like you gave them a choice either. Yeah. They're kids. They're impressionable.
1: Like they're going to do, they're going to do whatever you tell them, especially if they're looking at you. Well, that really plays into like how the movie looks into just power and authority. Um, Yes. So, there were there are things that I really did like. One thing that really puts me off is that the fact that we're enthralled into this mystery about who did what and what's happening, but then we get absolutely no resolution at the very end about yeah. what exactly happened. So it's like why did I care? So are you wanting us just to focus on the fact about what she did? Like are you focusing on like her undying loyalty to this little boy of her trying to of him For trying to see any redeeming quality for for it not to be him. But that, I mean, it's clearly not him. It was clearly that lady who worked in the front office who had that one blouse. Even though they had that one scene where everybody was wearing a blouse. But I think that was maybe just her. her I think that was her paranoia. Because it was just a very specific shirt. Which is what led to her being fired and let go so then are you just using your kid as a scapegoat or like did she intentionally take the money out like she set her did she set herself up for that to happen there's just it just begs so many questions and why are you so loyal to this kid when he (laughs) smashed your window stole your laptop took said laptop and smacked you in the face with it and then caused you to chase him to the river where you watched him launch your laptop into <laughs> said river <laughs> and then go he shouldn't be expelled he's 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 a good boy he has good he has good meaning it is his almost like she was blaming her his mother like really like focusing yeah. on the fact that it was his mom and that like she's using him as a scapegoat for this thing I mean, you get that weird scene where she's just standing in the rain riding her bike. Like like (laughs) don't you know your kid is like in school and he's not supposed to be there? Like, do you not care if your kid's gonna get arrested? And like so is it is the film trying to explore like the dynamic of what parents are willing to do to their kids? Like, even though this teacher has her best intentions in heart, like there are a lot of themes that are really interesting. I just some of the execution just was off-putting, not even nothing necessarily off-putting, just like like I wanted more I just wanted more. And then maybe that's the stylistic choice of German films, because I um we haven't reviewed very many
0: German films. No, no, I don't believe so. Um I I will agree with you in the sense like it did explore a lot of themes, but didn't really give us resolutions to any one of them. Yeah. And I, I feel like it was maybe meant to be vague like because we were kind of roped into this uh we were roped into like well who like the who done it yeah but we don't know who or what was stolen we just know that stealing is a problem at this school and then that's that's the basis we have to go off of and then when i i guess there was a suspicion somewhere that some Somebody was stealing something from the teacher's lounge. So she decided to film it. But then that's also frowned upon for filming without, I guess. Which <laughs> I understand.
1: Was, I mean, it's an, which, that, yes. I totally understand. It's an invasion of privacy. You're secretly yes. recording an area where it's meant to be a break area. So, pe- you know, people are meant to... That's a place where they can be themselves, have their guard down, not necessarily worried about, like, being on or being recorded. But, I mean i understand her wanting to try to i guess be batman and solve the mystery like you know (laughs) setting up recordings and like planting money in her in her jacket but that's but what are the odds that the one time you do that somebody happens to steal the money out of your wallet
0: right and so then yes it turns into the person who's wearing the blouse and but then then you come to, and which I don't know if this was the point or not, right? And this is where the conversation had is like this woman was so dead set that she didn't do it, and the teacher, I guess, what would you call? It? Like she was part of the faculty. It was almost like she was. She was in, like the uh, front an,
1: administration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. An, an administrative, and so like she, the teacher confronted the administrator and was like, "Hey, I, I, I think like." I basically, I'm accusing you of stealing. If you just admit to it, then we can let this whole thing blow over. Like that's basically all she wanted is be like, hey, just you have to answer. Like, hey, did you did you steal money out of my wallet? It's okay if you did. You just have to admit it to me. And like, that's not cool. And Which then... I thought was
1: a really interesting way for her to to try to deal with that because she's you know she could have easily just went the other route and just went to the police, but she wanted to give her a chance so that they can just own up and move on. But right. if you're trying to solve the stealing at the school, you're not going to end it with her because then if she steals something else, then you're going to go to her, go, Hey, remember, we talked, remember the video, stop but stealing, she never, be nice. She never,
0: she, she never even brought up the video in the beginning. Yeah. It wasn't until only, she was forced vi- to. Right. The video was only brought up when she, I guess at that point, It was the principal that came to her attention Mm. and the principal drew the same conclusion as the teacher was like, well, you're wearing the blouse. And she even said in in that scene, like when they came her over to go to the principal's office, like you're wearing the same blouse right now. Like, yeah, I mean, granted, yes, somebody else could be wearing that blouse at the moment. And it also doesn't specifically showcase that you're stealing anything that's that's the vagueness of that video too it's like you were hovering around the jacket and it looks like you were taking something from it it showed all the signs that we can assume and allude to something like you were in the wallet and you stole something and you put it back but we those actions were never seen correct so at this point you're dealing with two different scenarios here you're dealing with the teacher just being wrong and just assuming or you have the administrator who is basically just being really stubborn and lying and not telling the truth at all and willing to cost her her livelihood and her job to die on that hill
1: and also the the well-being of her son like if that really is the case like you're really, you're really let, gonna let your son sit there and have to deal with that when you know, when you know what you do, what you did was wrong. But then they leave, they still give us no resolution. So how are we supposed mm-hmm. to feel about it? They also have this piece with the newspaper and about yes the slanderous article they wrote. And how the school just shuts it down. So, like, is that a take on freedom of press? On misuse of power? Like, the fact that she even sat down. And just, I think what was appalling to me was, like, just the fact that these kids are having... A conversation with an adult about an open investigation that's happening at the school and nobody's like this is probably not something that we should be talking about why don't we talk about like certain things i want to go in the school and yeah it's freedom of press these are things that these the kids want to know but this is an open investigation and like you guys are adults why are you engaging with children like what did you (laughs) think what did you think was going to happen and then they shut it down Like, I almost wish that if they were going to put that, if they put that in there, that at the end, like, as part of, like, maybe an alternative entity to give us even a mild resolution, give us a, maybe flash a school, school newspaper article or have the characters be releasing the latest article that talks about either what happened with Oscar, what happened with Mrs. Kuhn, or even Mrs. Kuhn, if she comes back, she can pick up the news, she can pick up the article, and, like, so at least we can just reconnect that piece, because, regardless of what they're talking about of whatever issue it is i think it is important to have the freedom of press the freedom to be able to put that information out there to get those conversations out there but they didn't i just felt like it was just something that was so underutilized that could have been that could have like maybe made for me would have the movie would have hit home a little bit more if i'd gotten a little more of a tie-in on the on the back end
0: yeah, and I again, I think the movie was meant to be ambiguous in that way. I think it's asking the audience to draw your own conclusion, giving all the evidence that the movie was providing. But I do agree with you, at least one of the resolutions to some of that would have been nice. Yeah, because I think at this point, we were kind of like, even even the newspaper with the slander article obviously was kind of like insinuating. Well, the, obviously the kids knew about the video, and I feel like that was the main basis of that article was that a teacher was filming other teachers, um, as well as accusing the administrator of 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 stealing. And I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the full scope of that article. What was the intention of it? But basically,
1: oh, that um, that she wasn't willing to give them any information, so they actually went to Mrs. Coon, and you know right she, they they got more they got pretty much the lowdown from her that it was her and that there's a, apparently there's a potential video involved and and now and and then that's what got back to the teachers and got the teachers upset because she wouldn't share the the video with them but yet she's right. going to go and talk to the school newspaper and even talked about the evidence of an of a video of a video uh at all
0: right and i think part of the like the question was asked and she did not answer it correct like she avoided the conversation, and that's and and in, in some cases admitting guilt, yeah. even by not answering it. So, um, so there's that aspect of it all as well. And I felt like she, like this teacher, took a very interesting approach to do everything. I'm not even sure if we were supposed to be rooting for her, and quite yeah. frankly, rooting for her in what way? Like, yeah. like just for her to be right. Like, it was weird. I, it, it was inter It was. It was definitely again. It was interesting. It's not to say that it was a bad movie. No, because I, I was. was no I way. was
1: engaged the entire way through.
0: Yes, because I think we were just more engaged of what was going to happen next, especially with like. I think the movie would did a fantastic job was building up tension, even mm. though that tension didn't really go anywhere per se. But like when like, and and kind of compliments to the score as well because when like something happened and then. You can see her like walking down the hall and it's like dunt, dunt and you're just like like, oh, so, something's happening right now. I don't know what it is, but like we're moving toward something. Almost like like an investigation almost. Uh, but it it didn't quite didn't quite give us any answers to continue off of that. And so like, what what do we take away from this? We we see that she's showcasing a lot of restraint like and then part of it i was thinking about is like is the movie just trying to showcase the stresses of being a teacher like well, is, is that,
1: that there's definitely you know
0: as like like the way that you have to interact with students the way that you have to interact with parents the way that you have to just deal with the homework we have students that are well behaved we have students that are not we have situations we have good days we have bad days we then we have this outlandish situation that's happening in the background but i found that some of the interesting ones were like how she was conducting her classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and even how, like the, 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 the hello thing that they were doing in the beginning of every class. And even like the, the kid was like, we don't even like that. This is dumb. (laughs) We only do it for you. But then like you see these small moments where you feel like she's getting, uh, like you get that satisfaction of being a teacher when you have all the kids working together to solve a problem, like we saw that in the gym mm. and then, and then the other kid's like, nah, fuck this and <laughs> <laughs> pushes the other one and, and does that. Or even like how she conducts, like trying to try, how, like going back to the gym, the one where you walked into where you might've missed it, but she's like conducting a good class in the gym for like basketball. And then you had like these hooligans who are out and, like, with the lighter, like, mm. looks like they're about to, to smoke or something. And so she has to, like, be, like, a, a good teacher here, but then be the bad guy over here. Mm. And it's like, are you going to tell my parents? She's like, well, just. That's right. No. That's right.
1: Which I thought was weird. It's like, weren't they just joking about smoking heroin? I was like, I'm pretty sure yes. the kids said they were going to smoke heroin. Like, <laughs> I mean, joke or not, that's probably something that you should investigate,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Especially if you have a lighter, first of and all. And these are children.
1: These are not even like teenagers. Not that it's acceptable either way, but like even more so that this is a child that said that to you.
0: Yes. Uh, and But then you also have the one kid in the beginning, you might have missed it, I'm not sure, but uh, there was wow. this, this situation where the kid was getting bad. Oh, he was cheating. The kid was cheating. Oh,
1: I think I saw that. In, yes. Yes, I saw in, that.
0: In the, in the test. And then like, she... She took away the the cheat sheet and she took away the the paper and it's like, I'm going to give you a new, a brand new test. Again, you have 20 minutes to complete it. And she's like, he's like, what's the point of that? It's like, well, well, you can either get a zero or and not try again, or I'm giving you a chance to at least get something out of it. And then, then it came back to the parents and the the faculty that he was failing. And then it looks like there was a conversation that had with the parents because then he's like, I need to do good in school so I can, because I was failing and all this stuff. And then like the kids are kind of putting shit on him because like solidarity, man, We're not supposed to talk to this teacher. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's an interesting dynamic that they were diving into. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think you're right. There are a lot of interesting and I think well thought out themes in this movie. And just when you come at the end of it, I don't know what it all meant.
1: Yeah. Like it's like, like it's what? like missing the final ingredient. Like, it's like, wow, you got a lot of good things going here, but it just, to me, it just didn't tie. There was no boat. Not that it necessarily needs to bow because I'm for ambiguous endings, but I'm having trouble seeing what the through line, like of the purpose of what you wanted to, what it, What are you hoping? Like, what, it, what are we supposed to walk away from this?
0: Right. Right. And then you also have like, and like the very, very end of it. Like, he for some reason knows that he's suspended for 10 days. So basically two weeks, he decides to still show up in school and sit down. Doesn't say a word to anybody. She takes her entire class out of her classroom and basically go, go into somebody else's classroom. Terrible decision. She sits down, <laughs> right? That's, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and then have like this quiet one-on-one with him. And then he, Figures out how to solve the Rubik's cube, and then as school is over, <laughs> the police is like he re- the kid refuses to leave the chair, so the 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 police picks up the chair and escorts him out of the building as he's sitting in it, and that's how the movie ends. Mm. I don't know how to take that ending. My, like,
1: what is my own What does that mean? My only my only takeaway from that is. Is that yes? He's intelligent because they they show that with him solving the Rubik's cube. Like the, he has he has some he has there is a lot of intelligence in there. But at the same time, people are going to be who they're going to be, especially if they're influenced by their parents. Like, if anything, that is that is the only thing that I can get from that. Like, no matter how much you try to save somebody, you can't some you can't you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink.
0: Right, and I mean in this case, her the kid's stubbornness could very much well be coming from mom the mother
1: 100%. I mean we saw we could oh, definitely see that.
0: Yes, there was a clear core uh, correlation there. I don't know if you saw a uh uh I don't know you might have missed this part. There was a a situation uh, toward the beginning of the movie where you had faculty coming into her classroom telling students to uh like get away from their desk as they basically search through their things and they singled out one student.
1: I didn't see that um, part. But it was it the kid who sits in the back of the classroom because I think they yes. reference it. They reference that that situation later on in the movie. So
0: yeah, and, and basically what happened there was that they the faculty were it was shortly after like one of the kids kind of picked out a name of potential stealing. And then they go into her classroom and then they kind of tell the kids that everyone would stand up and then they go through the kids in each individual things. And then they find basically a larger amount of money in one kid's backpack than the other. And then they bring in the parents and we missed that interaction with the principal and the teacher and somebody else saying, why does, why does your son have a large amount of money in his bag? And basically he's like, well, we gave it to him for these reasons. And they basically falsely accused him for stealing, Mm. um, which was the end result of that, which created some tension between the teachers and the students have been like now people now, as far as the kid's concerned, now all my peers think that I'm cheating. Like I'm stealing when, when you wrongly accuse me for something, when I should have had that money in the first place. And so like, that was kind of like part of the spark that led to all of this stuff. But then I feel like in some ways it's like, I'm not sure if this is the movie's intention either, but it's like, is the, are we really just talking about stealing here? Like, is that – that's the big thing in this movie is, like, stealing when we haven't really seen anyone do that. We're just accusing people of doing that. Like, you would think based off the movie's poster, it feels like it's much more than stealing, but it really isn't.
1: I mean, there's – I mean, maybe there's a little bit – there's a little bit more just dealing with different power dynamics, just – relationships between teachers and students relationships between teachers parents and students and just how that can get completely out of control there there there's a there's a touch on the dynamics between all these relationships but i just if you're going to give us this this situation of something that needs to be solved then you you, then i need something i need something i need something to go home and to to help me reflect on the story instead of this just open speculation of what could have happened or what I think be like, is his mom an evil person? <laughs> like, is she just a bad person or is this teacher overstepping and ruined this lady's life? Like these are things, these are valid questions that we all have and need to have answered.
0: <laughs> right. And we're probably never going to get answered. Yeah, and that, and um, that's
1: why it's like, okay,
0: like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, and I, I honestly I'll give um, what was the actress's name uh, Leone Benesh uh, I thought she did an incredible job Fantastic. kind of uh, kind of just like holding in all of that emotion because you can feel that it's there throughout the movie it's like it almost like she was suppressing what she really felt 24 uh, 7
1: yes agreed
0: and and you and you felt that especially where like she walked into the classroom toward the end and she just told all of her students to scream, and she was like that scream was for her, and she needed an excuse to do that. It's like everybody <laughs> feel
1: better because I feel better.
0: Yeah, because I feel <laughs> better. Especially like her being like reamed at the parent teacher conference. Oh,
1: that was rough. It's
0: like all of those those parents were basically like against her. And it's like, my God, it's like they like she is like, it's crazy to even think about it this way as well, Whereas, like everyone thinks that you are just the absolute worst and you're the villain <laughs> when all you're trying to do is teach these kids math. You're just you're just trying to do be good and
1: these like yeah you got it but but she inserted herself into all these things so she did so i mean getting her kids out of the kids out of the classroom like you should be folk your focus shouldn't be on this
0: one kid it should be on the collective of all of your students right I, i'm not saying she made the best decisions <laughs> throughout there but like they were like you can tell that they were in somewhat of the best intentions she tried she tried, right? Like, especially like, oh, the kids want me to be involved in the school newspaper. Why would I be the, the teacher not to like give my two cents? But then all of a sudden they were like attacking her with questioning. And you're like, whoa, whoa, guys, hold up, wait a minute. Hey. Uh, trying to help. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's all this? If I was her, I would have left. Yeah, like, I'm like I'm I would have like, I don't need to we're be not ab- doing I don't this. need to be abused. Yeah, we're not doing this. We're gonna walk away. And you can put that in your paper, I guess. Um, But with that, and, and kind of also going into, like, do you see where the nomination is? Not not comparing it to the other ones, but, like, do you see the nom there? I can
1: see the potential for the nom. The problem for me is that, like, when you compare the writing of this and then the compare it writing of, like, Anatomy of a Fall, it's, like, how can you even, like, <laughs> incomparable. Like, Anatomy of a Fall is just, like, the writing is just so on top-notch whereas this like it's just miss it's good there's a lot there but it's just missing something to to tie it together and bring it home and that's and to me that's kind of where it faltered so i'm gonna sit at a three and a half because i really there are a lot of things that i enjoyed about it but they just kind of missed the mark on certain on that one aspect
0: okay i can meet you i can meet you there with three and a half as well um and i do feel like often we kind of agree on the rating system but it's not just that it's like we we share similar tastes when it comes to movies yeah. so it's just if you've listened to us long enough you will see that um and every now and then we'll have like not often but like i feel like every now and then we'll have like drastic opinions on it but in this case yeah i kind of agree with you with the 3.5 of like I think there are a lot of great elements there, a lot of good themes, a lot of something that you can hang on to, be like, this is what got me to the next scene. This is what kept me engaged. But I think the ending is where we're like, ah, like, where's, where's the thing that kind of take me home? Where is it, like you were saying, uh, where is the thing that kind of just like, makes me like, like the light bulb just went in your head at that point. Like, that's the moment you're waiting for. Exactly. In some ways, you're kind of waiting for the twist. You're waiting for like what was the what was the big reveal? Like even showcasing more of the video it was like it was actually somebody else with the banana slouse or the stars, whatever they were. And then it just ended, and you're like, and then it, <laughs> I was
1: like, oh, that's the end.
0: All right, <laughs> all right, time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They said it was a short movie, and sure as shit, sure were, it, was, it was, sure it was, sure, sure it was. Um, but yeah, I I think it's an interesting selection. It and with it, it's hard because i i want to i want to compare it i know we're saving it but like like within the other it's an interesting selection compared to the other ones that we reviewed so far that being the society of society of the snow and uh, uh and the zone of interest and uh yeah so at least, we got three on, We got three in there we can talk about in a future episode of like how it compares between the, the three movies, but the, these, these three movies are definitely different films. 100%. One is not like the other here, so I find it an in- interesting selection that is entering into the Oscar race, for sure. Um, also worth noting, and this is something completely different, but also related to the foreign film uh, category, or the international category, is that uh france again we talked talk about anatomy of a fall it was nominated for best picture uh france decided to select a different film to and it was the the taste of things i believe mm-hmm. that movie is now hitting theaters this coming weekend um but that was the france's official selection to be entered into the international race for for the feature film and that was probably their biggest mistake ever yeah. Because Anatomy of the Fall was the one that was getting the most attention. Uh, They felt like the taste of things was the one that was going to do it. And they (laughs) made a bad move on that. Because if Anatomy of the Fall was in the conversation for Best International Film, I think we would have an interesting conversation on our hands. Hands
1: down. Like, we would have just dominated.
0: Yeah. But in this case, it's in the Best Picture race. Um, And that's kind of where it's sitting. Not in the Best International Film race and so we have three interesting films we have our eyes on hopefully we can get at least one more that would be nice we i i sometimes more often than not we will have we don't always get every international film but we get at least three to four so now we have the three let's see if we can get the four one more just one more one more Uh, But there you go. That's our spoiler review on the teacher's lounge. Lounge? Lounge? (laughs) That's not a word. The lounge? Uh, (laughs) Not a word. Uh, Let's start over. Uh, That is our spoiler review of the teacher's lounge. uh, Kind of continuing our conversations of uh, the road to the Oscars. And that is a show we have for you guys this week or how lovely! this is what they look forward to next week. Next week, we are
1: going to go back. We are going to give Sony Marvel another chance. Mm. I mm. feel like every movie we come, they come out with, we're like, all right, you know, like Morbius, I was kind of excited for. And obviously until I watched the movie and I'm feeling the exact same way. Like early on, I was like, maybe just maybe. And like, The more times that I've been forced to watch the trailer in the movie theater, um, I'm like, I just don't know. But we're going to give it a shot. So next week, we are going to be reviewing Madam Web and David. It will be coming back for next week's episode. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Also, our first guest of 2024. Always welcome to have David back onto the show. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you, you know what? My expectations are really low to the ground, Ernesto. I have it's no like I'm digging a I'm I'm digging a hole in the ground to put where my expectations are and then covering that hole back up. <laughs> uh, because, I don't know about Madam Webb. The trailers are not selling it for me. No. No, I'm not gonna not. I'm not gonna turn away a superhero movie. I'm gonna give it a shot. But what I've seen so far, it's not, not great. It's not promising. But as we've said in the past before, I'm ready to be proven wrong. Yep. Prove me wrong, Sony Marvel, because I want to enjoy every movie I spend my hard earned dollars on. Yes. Or a, 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 and or at least not really not dollars because we have the unlimited and a and list stuff. Yeah, but we pay for that description. We pay for that shit, you're right, but like at this point we're kind of spending time. Yeah. So okay. make my time worth it. Or at least get something out of it because your last outing with Morbius was not, not it. Great. Not great. Not great. And even Venom 2 was just fine. <laughs> eh. I like the better than the one. But anyway, sure. we'll see. We have 3 outings for or Sony this year
1: <laughs> one for Mar one for the MCU so it'll be interesting what they what they set up and what what they got going on.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely see. But there you go. Madam Webb next week, whether you want it or not, Sapping. we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be spun into it um, uh, ha ha. Thank you. Uh, if you want more from us, you can always follow us on our social media channel on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at box office Bingers. Our X and Letterbox page at BoxOffice Binger and our threads and Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. You will find all of the fun stuff on our social media channels. You can see our lovely faces on our YouTube channel, the news we mentioned earlier on our Instagram threads and Facebook page. You can see all of our reviews for movies on our letterbox page. And go to our TikToks where we see the reels that Ernesto works really hard on doing. So, we can get just a little taste of the episode that we bring to you guys each and every week. Really do appreciate you listen, listening to us just talk about movies, as well as if you're already following us on those social media channels, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, so, come back next week for more movie fun. You're not going to regret it. And for that, I've been your host, Matthews.
1: And Ernesto Santos. See ya.